0: Often before worship, I'm trying to get out and talk to as many of you as possible uh, and, and catch up on your lives and hear how you're doing here if you're too cold or too warm. Or uh, you, you tell me lots of things, but you hardly ever mention the sermon. This morning, a number of you said things like, well, I'm ready for a good sermon. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so I promised it's short. I don't know if it's good, but it's short today, okay? Would you pray with me as I prepare to try to preach a good sermon? <laughs> Loving and gracious God, we uh, acknowledge your presence in our midst, that you have drawn us together, and that you have already uh, made your presence felt in this room. Would you uh, stir afresh in our hearts and minds uh, today that we might encounter your revelation in the scripture and go forth uh, desiring to bear witness to your kingdom. We pray all this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Um, the encouragement to a good sermon is especially hard when you know how you're going to start this sermon, which is that it, it's hard every week to, to think about a good sermon. It's hard every week to think about um, each of you in, in the congregation and where you are in your life and where you are and with what's going on and to figure out what sermon uh, to preach. Yeah, every text has lots of sermons in it, and, and we try to be faithful and go to God and see what he's going to reveal to us and then come and preach it. Uh, and, the, and the pastor really has two tasks every week when they preach. Uh, to be a prophet on God's behalf and come and speak uh, a bold word even when it might be uncomfortable. Uh, and then to be a pastor who comes and, and on behalf of the congregation hears from God and then offers a, uh, a word of comfort and care. And often uh, the prophetic voice of the pastor and the, the pastoral verse of the pastor um, are hard to bring together every week. I know uh, that we all come in different places in different ways, and I know that, um, that one time I might preach a sermon that, that one of you goes, can you believe how liberal he is? And then somebody else is still going, can you believe how conservative he is? I can talk about justice, and some of you would say, don't talk about that. And others would be like, talk about it more. You don't talk about it enough. I could preach the gospel That's another sermon for another day about what is the gospel, right? And some of you go, this is just this life-giving thing, and others say, this is is a heavy burden. And I know what makes you uncomfortable. I know that when I say the word Republican or Democrat, everybody just lowers their eyes just a little bit and tries not to move their body so that I can figure out which political party you're on, right? You're like, and now it's on video. Chad can go back and see who reacted which way to the word Republican or Democrat. I've I figured y'all out. And yet, we're real people in real situations trying to live out our calling as Christians as best as we can. And so we come in the middle of this mess where uh, we have to read these texts together and, and come prophetically, and pastorally, and in the midst of the things that encourage us and the things that convict us. Um, I don't often feel like Paul. <laughs> Paul's life is so uh, different than mine. I can't, I can't imagine being a bivocational, tent, literally a tent-making pastor who goes and, goes and does these other things and then gets locked up for it and spends uh, the latter half of his career just sitting in a house prison, writing letters to people he loves out there and hoping they're hearing. But this, this little letter to Timothy feels close to me. It's a letter from a pastor to one of his people, a letter to uh, a beloved helper in ministry, someone who has journeyed alongside Paul and all that he has been doing, and, and who is now kind of uh, doing the ministry himself. Paul is watching Timothy go through uh, the hardness of their ministry, watching uh, some people say, no, you need to be more Jewish, and others going, you don't have to be Jewish at all. Some coming and saying, well, you've got to follow this law, and others going, no, you've got to rebel against the emperor. And yet Timothy loves every one of them. And Paul says, I love you. And then tries to help Timothy out. You know, last week we uh, rooted this letter in uh, kind of Paul's experience and, and what he could bear witness to in God. And, and now we have this next encouragement from Paul to Timothy in this week's reading where Paul uh, writes Timothy and says, here's what, what the church needs to do. This is why I think this is a short sermon. This, this uh, as you read this, sounds very simple. I ask that you uh, all requests. Prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Pray for kings and everyone who is in authority so that we can live a quiet and peaceful life in complete godliness and dignity. This is right, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of God. There's one God and one mediator between God and humanity, the human, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a payment to set all people free. This was a testimony that was given at the right time. I was appointed to be a preacher and apostle of this testimony. I'm telling the truth, and I'm not lying. I'm a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. This seems like a fairly straightforward sermon, or part of the passage, doesn't it? His uh, his one command is here: is how you should pray. Often we have like 15 commands that we have to parse through and which one's the main command and which one is antecedent to this. But the command here is this is how you should pray. All of your petitions and prayers and thanksgiving, uh, offer them for everyone, including kings. Uh, they, they probably could have written including Caesars. This is where uh, their experience of being in the early church is so vastly different than ours. Uh, they've got a Caesar who is openly hostile uh, to the, the kind of ongoing expansion of uh, those people over there, of the Christians. Caesar after Caesar will kind of increase the persecution of the church and uh, make life frustrating. And, and some people go, so, so it's, Jesus wasn't the warrior, but maybe we're supposed to be. Maybe we're supposed to fight Rome, or maybe we're just supposed to face it. Paul says, "Pray for those kings. Pray for them, these ones who promised the peace of Rome and then got it by destroying nation after nation. Pray for these kings who promise you peace and offer violence. Pray for these kings who see you living this gentle and kind and compassionate life and service for others, and who want to drive you out of Rome, or Ephesus in this case. Um, Pray for everyone. And so kings becomes the, the hinge word that everyone really means all the people you don't like. All the people who are causing you problems. All the people who uh, are, are harming you. From the king down to that one person who is just pushing this other theology on you. Pray for them with all of your thanksgiving. What words did they use? With all of your requests, prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving, pray for all people. Most of my life, I haven't prayed for all people, if I'm being honest. I've prayed for the people I love. I can fill a prayer journal with, uh, this person has COVID, and this person has cancer, and this person lost their father. And friends, we've had a lot of people losing fathers around this place lately, and mothers, and uh, and more and more had happening. I can, I can fill up a prayer journal with those, but God has convicted me in the last, oh, two years during the pandemic. Uh, what does it look like to put in the back of your prayer journal those people that I want you to love like the rest of them? Uh, my prayer journal is not in the building, so don't anybody go rushing for it, but in the back of my journal I have this thing where I say, God, help me love them the way you love them. Kathy Beach is a prayer warrior, and she's down her head because she knows this is a hard prayer, and yet it it is the prayer of the gospel that God loves all and desires all to come to know him. And even if we struggle with them, and even if we don't like them, if they are Caesar to us, we're to pray for them, to desire good for them, and desire peace for all. Those of you who asked for a good sermon, I don't know if this is a good sermon or not, but it's the one that's there. I know y'all are, y'all are on your sanctification journey and you are moving forward in holiness and God is setting you free, but there are people that you don't like. And there are people that you are going to be shocked if they end up in heaven with you. You're going to be horrified that they're dwelling in new creation uh, by the trees, the stream of water of life, aren't you? I'm asking God to soften my heart every day that I'm not that way, but, but it's, I'm not fully sanctified yet. We're getting there. And there's, there's a jump that we have to take that they didn't. For them, Caesar is out there and is wholly separate from the church. The religion of the, of the movement, of the Jesus followers, of the, of the way is wholly separate from the political trappings of Rome. It is entirely different for us. Since Constantine, it's been assumed that in the majority world, you are Christian, and you wield your Christian beliefs and power, and it has become part of our kingdom of earth discussion. For Paul, this is solely what does it look like uh, to be this kingdom of heaven kind of over here in the midst of the kingdom of earth. We have to make this jump to, uh, we're praying for a a Caesar that we might love or a Caesar we might hate, right? Some of you, uh, for the last we have three years now, have been praying prayers of thanksgiving every day for our, uh, for our president. And for the four years before that, uh, a different group of you were probably praying prayers of thanksgiving for our president. And some of you voted for Evan McMullen like seven years ago and are praying for neither of them, but you can't imagine uh, that this other one um, maybe deserves as much of God's love as the other one. It's easy to pray for this one who thinks and acts and feels like me, but it's really hard. i got to put this one in the back of my book, right? Or you look up and you go, neither one of them would I like to go and eat dinner with. Maybe. And you go, how do I pray for them? But this is easy in divorce because it's out there and it's up in Washington, D.C., right? There are people in your neighborhood, in your homeowners association, in your kids' PTA, in your uh, job you just retired from, who you do not want to pray for. And yet, the, the one imperative is to pray for everyone. Because Christ desires everyone to know him. Even Caesar. Caesar. Christ is the, uh, there's but one God, Paul says, there's but one God who is mediated by the one Savior, Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Now that means that Caesar is not Lord, it means that Christ is Lord, and Christ is for all. And so we pray for all, which, which I think requires us to to look backwards at the ways that we've seen God be faithful in the midst of hard times, and to look forward with faith in things that we can't quite see yet. Paul uh, does this thing at the end where he's like, I'm not lying! Brad, do I need to do that in my sermon sometime? I'm like, I'm telling you the truth! This is what it says! Paul says, I'm not lying. This is what I am your pastor for and what I was sent by God to do. I was apostled, literally apostolos means to be sent. I was sent to go and declare this message that all are one in Christ Jesus. And I bring that to you in faith and truth. He's not letting them off the hook. Because if it's all about truth, these are things that empirically we can look at the evidence and define and say, okay, well God has done this through this and this and this, so uh, that is clearly true. But he says, no, we're also going to do this in faith. You might not begin to understand what it means to pray for Caesar, but you're still going to be asked to do it. You might uh, not be able to see what God is doing and is going to do, but I'm still asking you to do it. If you look back and it still doesn't make sense, I'm asking you to look forward in faith as you pray for all. And he's going to go on into the letter and encourage Timothy, uh, and we'll, we'll dive into that, but this is, this is enough, uh, as Todd Knott would say, uh, for us to say grace over, right? If we begin to fully understand him, uh, that this oneness in Christ is an invitation for us to see all people as deserving and desiring and, and, uh, and beautiful in God's sight and then to pray for them. I don't know if it's a good sermon, but it's the sermon that's there. It's a sermon that convicts, convicts me and I believe can be a thing that empowers us for the whole next 15 years of our ministry together to take seriously praying for our enemies, for praying for the Caesars that are out there and the Caesars that may even be in the pew behind you, we don't have pews, we got chairs, but uh, it works right here. Pews, chairs, it's all the same. That person might be your next door neighbor, or it might be across the world. But in Christ, in Christ we're to pray for all, and to desire good for all, to long uh, for them to be set free in Christ, and for our hearts to be transformed in love of them. You can tell me on the way out whether it's a good sermon or not, but it's short. That's the, that's the whole ball of wax, okay? Amen? Yeah. Would you pray with me? Holy and loving God. Um, on the surface, it's easy to talk about how much we love other people, and yet, uh, in reality, it is so hard sometimes. That's why you've made it uh, a work of your spirit and your grace that on our own we we can't love it all and yet you keep lavishing us with your grace and inviting us uh, to respond. You meet us exactly where we are and you give us that grace that we need for the next day and the next day. And so Lord, would you give us a particular grace today to really see who is Caesar in our life? From Uh, the Caesar next door to the Caesar across the world? Would you help us make the jump to what it is that we wish to keep away and who it is we wish to keep away that we might love them and desire them to come in? Would you break our hearts? Would you teach us what it is to look back in truth and to look forward in faith and to believe that uh, the peace of Christ far transcends the peace of empire? to desire goodness for all who come uh, to, uh, to long for uh, healing of those who are, um, are hurtful. Lord, may our prayers and petitions and thanksgivings uh, be for all. I pray this in the name of the one Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen i